Hello, hello, and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is the podcast where we speak to amazing and scintillating comedians from across the globe that will inspire us to live this incredible comedic journey on our own terms. If you like this episode, share it with your friends, give us a five-star review on Amazon or iTunes, and most importantly, subscribe on this fantastic journey. Now, today's guest is an absolute comedic gem. His name is Long John. He is a comedian from Zimbabwe who is an absolutely awe-inspiring comedian. If you think you struggled, he has probably struggled 10 times more. He is a, he talks about his first gig. He had a chair thrown at him talks about how there used to be just one gig a month that he had to go to in Zimbabwe and how with limited stage time he was able to progress in the Zimbabwe scene to the point that he had to go to South Africa for career progression and growth Where and he talks about one of the things the South Africa scene they don't sugarcoat anything they don't like you they tell you you're not funny they they also crowds can be very dodgy. So comedians worry about bombing on stage, about being shit, about not being funny. In here, in in South Africa, it look it's it's proper worrying because if you die once and they don't like you, you may die a second time. <laughs> it, he is a complete sort of inspire. Is it, it's he is a pure example of if you want success you can make the most of what you have and make it. He is someone who I'm pretty sure you're going to remember and is a big name you're going to have to look out for in the future. Let's speak to Long John. You're going to love him. Oof. Really? That was that far away? It was like yeah. six hours away? It was six hours away. So... Yeah, I, I, I had to, to ask my grandparents for some money for bus fare so that I can go to the capital city. They, they actually helped me. Funny enough, they, they wanted me out of the house. I didn't know they wanted to get rid of me that quick. <laughs> but, but that's the thing, man. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, and so it's... And how did you manage to get deal with, like, the adversity? Because when you first did the gig, you bombed and they threw chairs at you and you kept going back to that same gig, travelling six hours a day. How did you manage to turn like people that are naysayers into believers? No, the, the, it, it's a, it was a process, man. It's a process and you need, need to be patient. So, you know, I, I had to be patient and you need to be open to learn. So what I did is I actually treated comedy. Uh, I, I, I was no longer a comedian. I was more like a student of comedy now. Every time I was learning, you know what I mean? I was going on stage to just learn, you know, and watch other comedians perform and see how it's done because the kind of funny that was in my village was not the kind of funny that was that that's you know that's that was on stage or in Harare so I had to kind of see and say oh so this is how you deliver oh this is how you so I, and I started doing it in my own way you know what I mean so yeah it was a process because it took me years to perfect even till today I'm still learning <laughs> you know what I mean so but I'm you know it's, it was a long process if but, you're only open to learn yeah you get there. So you don't, you don't have opportunities to get like seven nights a week to test new material and to develop no, stuff. 
not even man not even just one gig some of the some of the times there was also a, a, a open mic that, that used to happen in Harare but that one was a mixed show where you have like your 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 musicians your poets and stuff so you are performing in front of other artists so it was never really you know good to perform in front of artists because they're also waiting to perform <laughs> you know what i mean so so the actual comedy show used to happen once once a, a month so you have to wait if you bomb you have to, you have to wait until next month for you to perform again <laughs> uh. and, you to, and you have to bring new material because this is same audience over and over and over again ah that must have been a bit and how many sort of paid shows were there in zimbabwe no like... no by that time there was no there was a paid show but for you to actually get paid it was it was not easy those four comedians had to really love you you know you had to really kill for them to say yeah i'll pay you so i was actually using my money which is the thing that you actually need to do you need to invest in your in your career man you need to invest into it so i was, I was just using my money uh, when i go back to chimani money in my village i'll i'll try and work a bit and then i'll get some money go back to the capital city do some comedy come back so it was that that back and forth <laughs> there was no paying wow. gigs <laughs> shit because that's it, it. and maybe that's that's some ways what's made you the comedian you are there because in in london we we have seven nights a week and in america new york you can gig maybe 10 times yeah. a day yeah definitely which is actually so right now it's kind of different right now there's actually some regular shows happening in zimbabwe because because comedy is now is now popular you know what i mean and okay. that's it's now a bit popular but it's not where it's supposed to be because of the economy and 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 other stuff you know the industry is not really working but there is comedies comedy shows happening in my in my okay. country right now yeah and so how long have you been doing comedy for? Like, how many years did you do it in, like, in Zimbabwe? And how many years did you do it in South Africa? I think I think I, did, I was doing comedy in Zimbabwe for, like, four years, four, five years, somewhere there, you know. And it, I, I reached a point where I was like, yeah, I've learned everything that, I've, that I could learn, you know, in Zimbabwe because of the industry, because it's small. I need to actually go somewhere where the industry is older, where there's more competition, you know, and a different audience. So that the idea of coming to South Africa, you know, just came because South Africa is close to Zim. So you can just actually get a bus and boom, you're, going, you're in South Africa. So that's what I did. I did the same thing that I did from, from the village to the capital city. I was going back and forth from South Africa, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Zimbabwe. Yeah, that's what happened. Oh, you're going back to, to the cities back and forth. In... Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'll go to. Uh, let's say I, I go to Zimbabwe. I, I make some money, and then I go to. Then I travel to South Africa to do some comedy. So now I'm not getting paid uh, in South Africa yet because I'm still an open micer. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just gigging. You know, getting those networking and stuff like that. You know, just learning. When my money is about to finish, I go back to Zimbabwe. I make more money. I come back to <laughs> to South Africa for years, man. For years and years so so all of these all, all of these things that are happening now it's not because of it the chance of everything i had to work hard man you it's crazy and the writing because you didn't that's you brought on some very interesting points there because i always 
like with Ginny Yashir, she went, she comes back to London when she wants to get more money and then she progresses herself in America over there. Mm. And then Lewis C.K., to challenge himself, used to put his newest bit first. Mm. Yeah. Actually, what we used to do here, especially even in Zim, we'll go to where we know there's no comedy happening, like where we know we're going to die. Like there's, it's rowdy. People are, people are coming to this, to this venue, not for comedy, just drink and listen to music. So we'll go specifically to those venues and try and make those people laugh to just make yourself better. You know what I mean? Because every night is different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I used to do something. We used to do something like that. Something similar also. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is. And, and maybe if you were in, a, in another country or where you had more opportunities, do you think you would be better or do you think you would be... Because... Because I spoke yeah. to a mime artist yeah. and he said to me, this is what he said. He said, yo, man, Marvin, listen up. Yeah. No, he didn't say it like that. He was talking. I was like, is, was he talking? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he said, um, he basically said, creativity comes when someone says there's limits. You can't do something. Mm -hmm. And then you work way, your way around it to prove, yes, it can be done. And yes. because you had that limit of only having one gig a month, you have yes. to be very creative to get better. Exactly, exactly. And also, it's not even a, also, it's not about the, the stage time only. It's also about what we are allowed to talk about in Zimbabwe. You know, you know, this is Zimbabwe. You're not allowed to speak <laughs> about politics and you're not allowed to say names. You know what I mean? So, but that limit made us better comedians because we found ways to talk about it without really <laughs> talking about it talking about it you know what i mean so we that, that's if you look at every zimbabwe comedian we have that thing where we talk about something but we are not really saying it straightforward it's indirect you know what i mean so that's that became our style as as zimbabwean comedians yeah you <laughs> yeah. know you, you mentioned that sort of crossovers over into boxing or like um, basketball because you know many of the best fighters or millionaires always come from deprived backgrounds they don't come from places where they're in rich places where they have all yeah. the equipment or the best coaches it's always people where there's massive limits but yes. they be creative and they find way around it that's it that's it so so to answer your question i don't i, I think i was supposed to be where i was supposed to be you know what i mean like yeah. right now everything is working great now now I'm confident enough to tell people my story. Like I know who I am. I'm a village boy. I come from Shimano. I talk about all of that. I talk about being raised, my grandparents. So I, sorry about that. So mm -hmm. yes, I, <laughs> so yes, it, it, it had to happen. I had to be in Shimano and I had to go through all of that to make me stronger, to make myself stronger as a comedian also. You know what I mean? And it's, it's a bit of, yeah, it brings character, it brings stories to tell. And you must, it must have, yeah, it's, what's, I mean, what have been some interesting moments in South Africa? I mean, you're, you're both, you must have amazing moments in both cities. In Zimbabwe, yeah. you had someone throw a chair. In South Africa, you must have someone that has said, right, let's go. <laughs> no, yeah, no, this, this, you need to understand these are totally different countries. It's <laughs> crazy because you remember when I traveled from my village, to Harare, I was diff I was already an outsider. The same thing happened. So I was used to it. So I traveled from Zimbabwe to South Africa. I was already different. 
So I had to, I, I had to try and adjust again. And then this is what I discovered. I actually don't need to adjust. I just need to be myself. That's what I've discovered. If you're traveling to countries, because right now I've traveled to a lot of countries, I've performed in all over Africa. You don't need to adjust. You don't need to become them. You actually need to become who you, you need to know who you are and then they'll accept you more. <laughs> you know, that's what I've actually learned. Okay. So are you saying that, yeah, you, like, as long as you have a solid base and people know what you are, it's, it's about getting your qualities or your strength to suit the environment rather than bending down backwards like yes. some people do to impress a girl. Yeah, that's exactly what, <laughs> don't, you don't do that. It, what I've discovered with comedy, you, if you know who you are, your story, if that's the thing with comedy, I treat it as, as therapy. I'm, I'm always digging into myself every time. I'm always digging into my pain, you know, in, in everything. So the more you know who you are, when you travel and you share those stories, people connect with you way better. And like, if you try to adjust and become one of them, they will see through you and, you know, you have limits. <laughs> yeah and unless you're like a world-class criminal or bullshitter or like it like wolf of wall street or like a real proper sociopath which you, you do get in comedy mm -hmm. but there may be poor levels compared to proper criminals yeah you're not gonna get away with that are you <laughs> no <laughs> that's funny though <laughs> but did did I mean, they're both, in a way, for me, as being from London, I find both of those places quite scary to perform to. <laughs> really? Yeah, listen, I've performed in places where it's like dodgy as hell. Like, you might die if you die on stage. You die twice. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, you. South, South Africa is crazy. Like, you go to, to like, the townships, like, like the ghettos, where you perform in front of like gangsters and stuff like it's it's crazy you need to make them laugh you really you really need to be funny <laughs> <laughs> your life depends on it like <laughs> so what, what's, what's, it, can i ask the situation where you've had that it's uh, I've, I've had that situation in, uh, in Soweto, there's there's a township called Soweto, and and somewhere in Pretoria, these are these are like uh, different areas in Johannesburg, in the city of Johannesburg, you know. So man, <laughs> I was performed, and there's a guy with a gun in the audience. He was busy showing it off. He's just like, yeah, look at my gun. We're looking at this guy like, oh my god, I hope I don't die today. <laughs> <laughs> Does, does that happen in Zimbabwe as well, though? Like the... Nah, no, nah, Zimbabwe, believe it or not, Zimbabwe is the most safest place uh, that, I, that I know. Like, you know, it, we, don't have, we don't have people walking around with guns. You don't get, you don't get robbed. In South Africa, you get robbed. It's, it's customary for you to get robbed in South Africa. It's, you can get robbed anytime. You know what I mean? That's, South Africa. That's how unsafe South Africa can be. Zimbabwe, on the other hand, it's so free, man. You, we are so free. You can be anywhere, anytime. Nobody cares. <laughs> Provided it doesn't interrupt with certain things. <laughs> no, but there, there, there are certain things. Just like every country, there are places where you shouldn't be. 
<laughs> there are places where it's safe, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. that, I mean, it's, whew, it sounds like you've really been through stuff there. Because, I mean, the close, the it's... most scary thing I've had at a comedy gig is when someone uh, tried to steal my phone and I wanted <laughs> to get a haircut. And the, But I thought, like, I was so, I didn't realize he was trying to rob me at the time. I was thinking about getting a haircut. He said, he tried to say, <clears throat> give me your phone. <clears throat> and he was a small guy. I wasn't scared of him. But then I realized what was going on. And I just thought, oh, I'll walk this way in front of other people. And then he didn't wow. bother. Wow. Wow. Even your muggers are lazy. You know, guys, you've never, listen, when you come to South Africa, I'll hook you up. I'll, I'll organize something for you. You experience it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what is what's it like in South Africa? <laughs> no, okay, so so okay, I'll tell you a story of, of when I got mugged, right? <laughs> like one of the stories when I got mugged. So the thing is, you get you can get mugged during the day when people are just walking by and everybody know that you're getting mugged. And nobody helps. It's just how it is. So this guy approached me. It is a Zimbabwean guy. He's a guy from my country. He came to me. He was like. Hey, uh, how, uh, how long have you been in South Africa? And I told him, hey, I'm, I'm, I just arrived, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, okay, nice. Uh, listen, uh, you know, I, I care about you because you're from Zimbabwe. Listen, you see those guys over there, they point at some dodgy guys. See those guys, they're about to mug you, right? So he's, now he's trying to make, make it look like he's doing me a favor. He's like, listen, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to tell them that you're my friend. And then they don't, they don't want to take any money from you. Just give me your phone, right? And then I'll go. <laughs> I was like, no, man, no. And then it's like, oh, really? And those guys started walking to me with knives. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And then I ended up just giving him my phone. And then he left. And then another time, this, these are stories, true stories. Another time when I got mugged, this guy came to me, he's like, give me your, and he told me exactly the amount of money in my wallet. He didn't see my wallet. I didn't pull it out any, like when I was around there, he told me that in your wallet, you have 500 trends and the coins, the same, the amount, like without seeing it. He's like, just give me all of it now and I'll leave. I was like, and I gave him the money, right? And then it's like, <laughs> then it's like, okay, take my number so that anytime when you're close by, you can be safe. So what he's trying to do is when I when I pull out my phone, he's gonna take my phone. <laughs> so I pull out a notebook. So I pull out a notebook. I was like, what's your number? He's like, no. <laughs> take your now, take my number in your phone. Just put it in your phone. I want to see it. do it. <laughs> I pull out my phone. He's like, ah, you use a nice phone. Can, can I can I see it? Can I, I'll put my number in your phone for you? Give, give it to me. I was like, ah. Oh, and I was giving you, giving you my phone. <laughs> Took it. He's like, ah, ah. You know what? I'm gonna take this one. This, this is very, very nice. And he just took it. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> That's South Africa for you. So now, so now, if you want to be safe, if you want to, them to stab you anything, you need to walk around the phone. Like, actually, no, you need to walk around the nice phone. And then, if you walk around the phone like this, they'll stab you because you know you, you're playing with them. You know. They, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll be they'll be so disappointed and they'll stab you. But if you if you have this, they're like, ah, now this is a nice phone, and then they'll take it. Bloody <laughs> hell! <laughs> so how how does the how does the structure of the 
sort of South Africa scene worked then. So you get scared, you get bullied, but like how, what do you do if you're an open mic trying to become a pro <laughs> in South Africa? No, actually, no, you need to understand that yeah, in South Africa, there's actually, a, you know, a, there's a comedy scene, and like Zimbabwe, there is an actual scene where you have your open mics, you know, where if you want to try out comedy, you can just go there and try it out. If you want to try new material, like right now, if I decide to try out some new stuff, I'll go and actually try out some new stuff. There's comedy, there's actually comedy happening tonight. You know what I mean? So there's actually a scene here, which is why South African comedians get better. That's why they travel around the world because they have a scene back home they can work their material and their craft in. Yeah. And like in Zim, there's nothing like that, man. You really need to, to, to improvise and, and hope people will laugh at whatever you wrote that day. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's how you get better. But how does it... I heard from one comedian there that you can be an open micer quite regularly and you can perform with someone who's on South African comedy TV. Yeah, no, listen, you, we have, there's no separation between popular comedian and new, and new open micers. Like if, if Trevor Noah comes back to Africa, I know for a fact that I, you're going to bump into him in one of these open mics, like one of these underground open mics. It's, it's just so crazy that in other countries there's a separation <laughs> between big comedians and young comedians. We all hang around together, which is which, are, which is a great thing because you can actually learn from you know all the these other successful comedians. You know what I mean? Quicker. Just quicker, yeah. And also even in Uganda they do that. In Uganda they the big comedians they 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 actually sit down with young comedians and actually write material and prepare everything with them just to you know you know grow the industry. So you said that there. So I heard from you that you've been to South Africa, Rwanda, Botswana, Nam Namibia, Eswatini. Exactly, Kenya, Rwanda, Uganda, and uh, and more. I've been I've been around. <laughs> And, and you need to understand these are totally different countries. Africa, Africa is huge. And the countries are different. The cultures are different. Like as soon as you cross the border, the just things just change, you know? So, so when you, when I perform, when I go to Rwanda, I'm performing for different people with different cultures and beliefs. When I perform in Uganda, different, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's it's really amazing. And is it is I mean, do are they so how how do you go about doing that? So is South Africa like the, the center of of comedy in Africa? And once no. you go there, you can gig everywhere. No, South Africa is not the center of comedy in, in Africa because South Africa is just more international. You okay. know, you if you want to to make it international internationally, you need to work in South Africa. But you Nigeria is is like the biggest is the biggest in the comedy industry in in Africa, you know Nigeria and Ghana. These these two countries are just big in terms of comedy. They they host concerts in Kenya. I performed in front of over seven thousand people. It was a concert of com comedy concert, man. Just it was, and for them it was a normal thing. Me, I mean, I'm from South Africa. I'm like. Wow, this is amazing to them. They're like, no, this is a no more comedy night. Eh. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, they, it's big. Like, 
when I say when I say big, it's just not mainstream comedy in Africa, like South Africa. Netflix is not giving out comedy specials to Nigerians and Kenyans. They're giving it to South Africans. You know that that's that's the difference. It's not mainstream, but it's bigger. And is all the comedy in English across most of Africa? No. Uh, so 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 for example, in South in South Africa, there's actually two types of comedy, like stand-up comedy. So there's the, the English comedy, right? That that is the most that is the known one, like the, the Trevor Noahs, the Loiso Golas, and all those comedians, right? And then there is the Venek comedy, like the, the local languages comedy, which is the biggest in South Africa because the majority is, you know, is uh, is Kosa speaking, Zulu speaking, you know, and all those other languages. So so that it becomes it automatically becomes mainstream, you know, but it's not international. The English comedy is international because it's English. Same with with uh, Kenya, Nigeria. You have uh, comedians in Nigeria called Basket Mouth. Basket Mouth is like uh, he's a big comedian, right? Uh, because his his comedy is mostly is is actually mostly in English and their own language language. Yeah, when he's there, he does is their own language. When he's performing internationally, he does English. That's why he's big. So yeah, it's two different types of comedy. Yeah. And you perform them differently, actually. <laughs> Oof. Bloody hell. So that's, that's interesting. It's very interesting. Some, sometimes I can be a Zimbabwean performing in a night where it's only comedians performing in their own language. You know, you know? so it's, it's, um, it's very tricky, but you need to know how to navigate. <laughs> because at the, same, at the same time, if you go on stage when everybody's just, just performed in their own language and you go on stage, and you perform in English. Most of these people don't want to. They don't want English. You know, they're like, we are drunk. We don't want to translate. And then in English, <laughs> you know, they're just drunk. They want their own language. So it's very tough to navigate. But whew, you you gotta have to. <laughs> and so you you do both scenes as an open micer, and then yeah. you you do well in scenes. You go to the big clubs or how does it work from open mic you do open spot pro okay, semi-pro so, then tv or yeah so 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 this is what happens in in south africa right um if you're starting out you start with uh with your new material nights like the open mic shows like tonight there's a open mic called kitcheners it's in Joburg. you just go there you ask for, for a spot they'll give you a spot yeah they will always give you a spot so now the next stage is when you get funnier and funnier uh, comedy clubs who actually book you as an open micer. So you're not getting paid yet. You're not, you're not just getting recognized. Oh, hey, this guy is, is a comedian. Okay, come through. I'll, I'll book you as an open micer. And then from there, you go to a support spot. Now, this is a paid spot, uh, but not much. You know, it's just for your transport or whatever, just to acknowledge that, okay, you, you are getting better. You know, you're supporting big comedians, you know. And then after that, you go to what they call a paid spot, like a proper paid spot. This is where you do your 15 minutes, you know, and then headliner. So all of this is a journey. Like it's a long journey for them to actually give you a headline spot in a comedy club or even a support spot in a comedy club is a long journey. And they are, you need to know they are gatekeepers. 
you know, they're, they're, they're your guys that are in charge of the lineups. You know, if you're, if you're booked at Parker's Comedy Club as a support spot, then you can get booked in other comedy clubs as a support spot. You know, so yeah. it's like a network. <laughs> like everywhere in comedy, it's all about like, 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 mm-hmm. like everywhere in comedy, man. It's really, really crazy. So sometimes it takes another famous comedian to say, hey, that man is funny. You should give him a paid spot. And then that's how you actually start getting a paid spot. <laughs> Literally, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it is quite funny in a way. Uh, yeah. What's it called? It's, it's not about what, how good you are sometimes. It's about who you're friends with and how good you are exactly. people. So sometimes networking plays a big role in, uh, in, in, in comedy, in your career. There, there are some funny comedians in South Africa, like funny. Like sometimes I think to myself, my God, I'm not even funny. But these guys, they, they don't have that hustle in them. They don't network. They don't go out. They're waiting for the opportunity to come to them. Well, with us, we know where we want to go. I, I know that I'm not that funny, you know. So I compensate with, with working hard and networking and traveling, you know, and that's how I get more opportunities because I'm hunting for them. <laughs> You're like a lion hunting a gazelle. Exactly. I'm just there hunting for like, ah, look at that opportunity over there. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... And and is it getting a stage in South Africa where you it's probably dependent on your Instagram or social media followers? Because I spoke to a no. Boston guy, and he says you want big spots. They asked now how many Instagram followers do you have? No, not 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 in South Africa, man. In South Africa, there's a huge like the the separation between internet comedians and and stand up comedians, right? You know, so. It's all about how funny you are. If you're funny, you're going to get bookings. No, you just need to be funny. Other comedians will see, oh, the man is funny. And Because the thing is, with South Africa, comedians host comedy shows. Comedians. So comedians come to shows, they watch, they also perform. They're like, oh, this man is funny. I'm going to book you at my show. So that's how... You know, you actually get booked. So it's not about how many Instagram followers you have. It's about how funny you are, which is fair. Yeah. To an extent, comedy is still fairer than other industries like acting or singing. That is so true. There are some comedians that, that have like, like a, a million uh, YouTube followers or whatever, right? But they, they, the promoter might rather book someone who's funny. Because they know oh, this man is just not, it's not funny. It's just as it just has like followers, but they would rather book you as a funny comedian. Mm, that's what's sort of going on in the UK at the moment. Now they're more focused on your followers or whether your TV credits. That's, that's one of the things that happens a lot of. So you get that's comedians bad. that have been going for maybe 20, 30 years, like Jeff Innocent, very mm-hmm. funny, best, maybe the best comedian in UK. Not, you're not going to see him in TV. You get someone who's in their twenties, looks like a boy band or someone in a girl band, looks attractive, like someone that you would want to sleep uh, with, and oh, then they'll sell them. Oh, I see. So it's, yeah, they're commercializing it too much, man. You know, you know what, you know what, the kind of comedy I love is the kind of comedy that is underground. You know the, you know that New York vibe underground comedy where it's yeah. authentic. You know, it's you, you, you can meet anybody there. It's real. 
unlike this like mainstream comedy way it's it's uh you know you know it's fake you can tell it's it's you know it's pretentious where comedy is not supposed to be like that comedy is supposed to be real <laughs> you know that's that's the kind of comedy that i that i fell in love with and it's it's the sort of thing that you so there are comedians that get around that like they have the big following like you've got Stuart lee jerry sadowitz who have massive followings in the uk and then you've got um in boston there's quite a few comics that have their own following but it's what was i saying again yeah it, it's it's quite a funny it, it's is there more maybe perhaps quite a lot of room in africa for comedy to build your career because i feel that in america and the uk those markets are getting quite saturated unless you have a social media following or on tv oh yeah no listen right now the great thing that we have right now in in, in, the, in africa is comedy is still a new thing it's still like for some people it's an adventure some people have never been to comedy shows like ever you know so it's it's at a stage where we can actually build it up to become big around mm. Africa, and it's getting there slowly, slowly but sure. But it's really, really getting there. So we have a chance to actually pioneer into something that is uh, that is really that is going to be big one day, and and I love it, man. And are you are you able as part so the African scene is maybe perhaps quite connected, and as you are able to travel around, mm. and is that. I mean, could someone just put the business card out, kill, and then get a crowd through that? <laughs> just do a shirt. No, no man. It's, you need to work in South Africa, man. South, South, South Africans, are, like, the audience is weird, man. For them to actually come to your shows, <laughs> you need to, they need to really love you. Like, yeah, that's the thing about South Africa. You need, you need to put in work. <laughs> So you said so Nigeria and Ghana are probably the biggest scenes, but like how do what what are the main scenes? So you talk about South Africa, Nigeria, mm. Ghana, but what are the Kenya, other sort of scenes? And Kenya. Kenya Kenya is big. Uh there's a, there's a comedy show called the Churchill Show. It's it's one of the biggest comedy shows in East Africa. And then you have yours and then South Africa. So yeah, I think for now those are the biggest right uh and then there's other countries in africa where there's actually there's actual comedy like rwanda uganda and uh, namibia and places like that but it's not as big as the other countries and it's also because of the of the population so nigerians there's a lot of nigerians in the world those those guys they don't like their country they, they go the Nigerians in, in, in South Africa, in the UK, in, in America, and Nigerians, they support each other. So if a Nigerian comedian, comedian comes to UK, he's going to fill up the O2 arena with Nigerians. <laughs> you see? You know, Nigerians support each other. Same with Ghanaians. South Africans is more global it's more accepted and i think it's because of the history it's because of the history of mandela it's, it's all it's because of the history of you know so it so africa was always available to the to the international market you know so so because of that that's that's how it became mainstream even with movies man movies netflix records in south africa in movies you know and all of these big companies it's all south africa they can say we're creating a Ghanaian movie 
but it's recorded in South Africa. <laughs> you see, so it's stuff like that. That's why South Africa is mainstream in terms of internationally, but in terms of numbers, it's Nigeria, Ghana, and Kenya. And how how do you how does it work in terms of getting spots on all the scenes in Africa? Does someone no, come into South Africa networking. and you say, yo, give me a spot? <laughs> yeah, no, this is networking, man. Like right now, the way we are talking, you can say to me, hey, man, I'll come to South Africa. Is there any comedy clubs I can jump on? And I'll be like, yeah, here's some people that you can talk to. And then those people refer to other people and those people. So it all, it all works like that. It's all because of networking. And if you're funny, you're going to get more gigs. And people have That's to like just, you as well. <laughs> people have to like, and and they, we are people here are honest. If they, they don't like you, they'll just they, they'll just go like, nah, I don't like you. <laughs> they what they'll say straight, you're you're a prick say, or something. Yeah, they don't they don't say you're a prick or you, no, <laughs> they actually say you're yeah, not funny. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Straightforward. Not no, we're not even sugarcoating it. <laughs> so, so like New York. But more straightforward. Yeah, more straightforward, man, and more. It's more. <coughs> it's more sincere. Like, yeah, well, why don't you try something else? <laughs> Have you ever tried, you know, driving, you know, taxis or Uber, or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's more like that, man. <laughs> yeah, in the UK, we'll be more polite about it, so people will say probably say it behind your back or something. Well, they were... yeah, behind your back. No, no com comedians here. They'll tell you in your face, man. But uh, you need to work on this. If you if you really want to do this, if you really want to succeed, you need to do this and this. You need to work on this. That's that's one thing that I like about African comedians, man. They'll tell you straightforward what you need to work on. So, are you telling me that heckle that we were part of in the hecklers show that you came to, where she said one see of one liner is supposed to be funny? Is that just baby food to the headquarters you get in South Africa? Oh no, that that nah, come on, that is nothing. Well, what was that? I was like, nah, this baby, baby play. L listen, you get heckled here. It's, it's crazy. Like in Zimbabwe, we have this thing where they throw bottles at you. Not not uh, like you know, you know those uh, those plastic bottles. Like I'm talking about bottles, like glass. <laughs> Throw them at you if you're not funny. <laughs> Oof. <coughs> Shit, man. In, 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 in South Africa, if you're dying, comedy clubs now do this, like most of them. If you're dying, they play that Undertaker soundtrack. You know, that boom, Undertaker soundtrack in the middle of your set. So you can be, you can be performing and then boom. And the lights go like, and then like, whoa! I just died, and the audience know that you died, and we're like, yeah, you died. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> That's uh, then it's it's actually fun though. <laughs> did, did, does it happen? I mean, did did Trevor know actually start in South Africa? Yeah. No, <clears throat> listen, he became big in South Africa before anywhere else. It became so big here. Like he hosted his show. It's because of his special called The Day Walker. You know, The Day Walker really got famous in South Africa. And then, so this is how Africa is, is set up. The rest of Africa watches South African TV, most of it. You know, so South African TV influences most of Southern Africa 
to be to be specific. So when Trevor Noah became famous in South Africa, we started knowing about him because we watched their TV, right? And then he became famous in Southern Africa, right? And then his show started circulating around Africa and then became fame. It became this biggest South African, uh, like African comedian. And everybody wanted to a piece of him. And then that's when America discovered him. That's when he started doing shows like Edinburgh and stuff like that, you know, and then he became big. But he started in South Africa. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and there's yeah. quite a lot of that. I think Jambi McGrath came from Kenya. She yeah. doesn't say that she, she started in Kenya. She says no. that she started in London, but mm. she came from Kenya and then she came to London and then she got mm. to where she is now, I think. Yeah, oh, I see. Yeah, man. Yeah, I started in Zimbabwe. I'll never, I'll never, <laughs> I'll never say I just come from Zimbabwe. No, I started my comedy in Zim. It was crazy, guys. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. I mean, <clears throat> but you, so do, do you, if you come to the UK or America, you're probably going to find it much, you're probably going to be like, this is nothing. Whatever they say, whatever they do. I've you're... performed in the UK before, actually. Ah, how was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was actually nice, man. I was like, these people are easy. Because you need to understand that where I come from, if they don't like you, they will, la they will not laugh. Like, it's so, it, I don't know, like it made us stronger. Like, I, I went on that stage, I was like, oh, okay, let me do my thing. And it was so amazing how they were ready to laugh, man. They were just, the audience was just there with me. They were paying attention. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Ooh. Which gig was it, may I ask? No. Okay, so, so I did a couple. So the thing is, when I, when I performed in the in, the, in, in UK, uh, I was not known. You know what I mean? I was still in, in upcoming. It was, I did the, Ed, the so the Cavendish, virgins whatever ah. yeah that, that one was uh, it was great I, I enjoyed that one and then i did a bunch of other gigs where you pay, you buy a drink to perform like a bunch of them where you perform in front of comedians those were weird as hell like I've, oh my god and then i which, which it was a lot of other under, under, underground gigs but the one that i really liked was kevin dish mm. Yeah, that, that's what that's the thing is you you want to learn how to make uh, the audience laugh. It's not about learning how to make comedians laugh. Exactly, you know, performing for comedians. That's one of the things that new comedians, you know, they fall into that trap of trying to impress other comedians, uh, and then they just it's it's tough. You can't, you cannot. It's you need to perform for the people. The people are the ones that, that pay to come and watch. You know, they're the ones that laugh. Not comedians. <laughs> if you make people laugh, then comedians are going to be like, oh, it's funny. You know? Yeah. Or get <laughs> jealous and not book you. <laughs> that's what happens. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. It's, it's a bit of a cesspit with, do you, you don't, do you get that in South Africa or is it almost the audience? Sorry, well, repeat your question. It, do you get many gigs where it's just comedians in South Africa? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are some, but uh, they'll be mostly mixed. I've performed in front of comedians. There's a, there was a show, there was a new material night called um, uh, Poppies in, in Johannesburg. If there was no audience, the show will still go on and you're performing in front of comedians. It's more like a workshop now. You're, you're workshopping. 
this is where you actually need to do your new stuff, like everything new, because there's no point. <laughs> I think the pressure of having to perform and make someone laugh makes you better. So in, in, in some ways, if you don't have that pressure, it doesn't make you better, even with new material. So like um, some of the good pros in the UK, they, they don't do the new material nights, maybe once a year or something. The rest of it is all them just fitting new material into paid bits. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Wow. That's very, that's very different with the way we do it here. Although, yeah, sometimes I do that. Sometimes it depends with, with the audience. Hey? Sometimes I'm like, oh, this audience is nice. In my mind, I'm like, let me just try this out. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't work, I have other stuff that I can, they, they, they will love. I have other stuff that I can bring them back. Sometimes mm. I do that, you know, but, but if I really want to try out something that I'm not sure about, I would go to a new material nights. So have you had any sort of experiences during your new material nights with other comedians? Because one of the interesting things that have happened in some of the nights I've been on with new material is that one guy pissed into a bottle and then uh what's it called you have some people that strip when they go on stage <laughs> and then you had someone else starting saying all this sort of wait racist shit. sort of religion jokes wait, and wait, then so like half the room left <laughs> what wait 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 peeing in a bottle this is a comedian peeing in a bottle on stage yes and someone strip on stage, yeah, comedian. I've, yeah, I've seen it a few times. Guys, well, what kind of comedy are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anything. What? <laughs> this is crazy, guys. No, I, I've heard the audience doing stuff like that. But... <laughs> no. It's not like I've never... Not comedians, man. But audience members what about magic or anything like that have you seen that music comedians yeah they, they are music comedians here yeah they, but not a lot <laughs> <laughs> and most of them and you need to understand that most of them are, are because i don't understand i've never seen a black music comedian in south africa so white <laughs> it's all yeah all of them Oh, it's crazy. Actually, one guy tried, one black guy tried, but he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> then he started doing proper stand-up, and I was like, ah, well, there goes our, our chance of music comedians. <laughs> do, 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 do you have any sort of characters on the scene that are like, because um, in the UK, we've got a couple of, on the London scene, we have a couple of open micers that have been doing open mic gigs for maybe 15, 20 years. But they they they're well they they're remembered for many different ways. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I think I think that's everywhere. I think I think that's in every comedy scene, man. We do have that actually. We have we have comedians that that, that, that keep that keep coming back and doing open mics, and they've been doing it for years. And you just think to yourself, just quit, quit, man. Stop it, man. <laughs> I don't understand sometimes, but we do have those characters here that I remember. And there's a guy that I don't know if he's gonna see this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about it right now. There's a guy that goes on stage with chopsticks here. He calls himself Couch Ninja. Oh, 
Is he Asian? No. He's <laughs> <laughs> <the> not. <laughs> no, but but the thing is with Kao Shinji, yeah, people have fallen in love with whatever he, do, he does. That's the thing, man. Yeah. At first, people are like, yeah, what is he doing? Oh, what is he doing? And then people are just like, well, that's him. Let him be. <laughs> <laughs> now, with um, <laughs> Couch Ninja, that's quite a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how did you sort of go, up, go around the rubble and become like, win all these comedy competitions and how did you become homies with Stephen Harvey <laughs> where it was like yo Long John you're my boy, boy bruv networking it all comes back to networking like when others are sleeping I'm looking for those opportunities man so with me uh, okay let's talk about the first award the first award was the uh, National Arts Merits Award it's the biggest com- it's the biggest awards in uh, in in Zimbabwe, that's like the biggest in Zimbabwe. So they have the category, the outstanding comedian of the year. So what I did, I just applied for it. You know, what you do is you apply and then they have judges and then I won it. That was the first award. Now the second award was the biggest award in Africa, which is the Savannah Pan African Comedian of the Year. Now this award comedians actually perform, uh, actually, sorry, comedians vote for you. You know, so they're called the Comics Choice Awards. So comedians choose, you know, in different categories, you know. So I won into in the Pan-African Comedian of the Year because I've been, I was performing around Africa and like every other comedian, I've been making friends all around Africa and comedians voted for me because I've performed with them and I've worked with them. That's what happened. And then the Steve Harvey thing now. Now the Steve Harvey thing is a funny story, man. Even even I can't believe it. I dude, I was I was actually sleeping in this bed, right? I was sleeping here that day. I was actually sleeping. And then I, I was on Instagram, right? I'm on Instagram. And then I saw a video of Steve. I was like, uh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna be doing a, a he's like, yo, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hosting a, a comedy competition. What you what you only need, need to do is to submit your video, right? And I was like, okay, I can do that. Went on his website, submitted a video. So I submitted the video. As soon as I submitted, there was rules at the end of the page. So I didn't see the rules. And then I started reading these rules. I was like, what? The first rule was only American comedians are eligible to apply for this competition. And then I was like, ah, ah I just wasted my time. And then I completely forgot about it. Like weeks passed by, man, without even thinking about this competition. Then I received an email saying that your video has been accepted into the competition. I was like, what? How? <laughs> so now, so now, and then I checked, yeah, it's in there, it's in, the, in their website and everything. People are voting for it. As soon as I realized that people actually vote for it, I went to, uh, I went to my Zimbabwean social media, I went to my page, I was like, guys, you need to vote for me to, you know, I need to win this thing. As soon as I did that, Zimbabwean Twitter, Zimbabwean Facebook, took it over. People started voting, you know. Yeah, it, it, it was really crazy. People took it over. Celebrities are sharing it in Zimbabwe. Like, it was, it went out of hand. I think by the time they discovered I was not American, they're like, oh, it's too late. <laughs> so, and then they, they announced that I won the competition, got to meet Steve Harvey and 
till the day we're still talking it's crazy man it's a long story oh so he's like your mentor or something yeah man yeah uh uh, when I met him, I actually asked him, I was like, man, I, I would like you to be my mentor. He's like, don't, don't worry, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out. So till today, we still keep in touch. And it's, it's really cool, man. It really cool. must be fucking awesome. I mean, like when you're over there, he's going to help you out proper. That's, that's the dream. So I might, I'm actually, I'm supposed to be in, in USA on the first, from the 1st of January next year. So that's, that's the plan, actually. I think New York, from from all the scenes I've seen there, New York, <clears throat> so from my experience of it, LA, is, there's a lot of them doing acting as well. And mm. they're a bit more, they're very nice and polite, but you don't know if they're real. They're too nice. You know, like Christian preachers, they're too That's polite. Oh, yeah. Town. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then there's um, New York. I mean, that's the, that's supposed to be the, they, they're very brutal there. If they don't like you, they won't laugh at your jokes. And it's a very that's, big cesspit. I love that. That's it's the same as where I'm at right now. If they don't like you, they will let you know. Yeah. But the only thing is, though, you're going to be performing. I mean, make sure you're not performing in front of the open mics, though. They're too much. Why? What's wrong with them? <laughs> They're too much. Why? Oh, no, no. Because yeah. No, because I found... The you know people say that oh you got to do loads of gigs and you said it before you got to do this and that but I spoke to comedians it's not about how much you're doing it's about what you're doing mm -hmm. is it leading anywhere are you getting better and I've that's true and I've seen in the open mic scenes in the UK and and America like mm -hmm. if you keep doing them you're going to be stuck there you got to try and set up your gigs do some paid gigs you want to learn how to perform in front of audiences not fucking other comedians exactly. That's true. No, that makes sense. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I have a friend who went over there and she sort of bypassed it by setting her up her own gigs, gigging mm. comedians that are past the open mic, and then she progressed and progressed and progressed. That's and she came to London and she got signed. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's amazing. No, that's, that, that's the hustle. You know, that, that hustle I was talking about, you need to be a hustler, man. You need to be a businessman. You need to understood to know where you, you need to be your own manager you need to be on everything <laughs> that's what they say about comedy it's all things in one but i think you've got to work smarter as well like if you're just doing open mics all the time performing yeah. from comedians it's just yeah. what are you doing yeah that's true that is so true yeah i love that i don't care you know if someone who's bit coked up or with drugs or something is barely functional is maybe <laughs> this bit away from committing suicide and they're laughing at jokes but like an all regular audience member of about 10 or 20 regular people aren't laughing. I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, that's, that's true. That, that's actually the trip that I was talking about. No, man, I, I, I would rather perform for the, for the audience. I'd rather <laughs> than comedians, man. It's true, man. So that's, that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying that there's a lot of gigs that are very, mm. there's too many just open micers and it's, I mean, I don't, no, it's yeah. good to have a challenge, but. But mm -hmm. no, it becomes, it becomes, diluted like especially yeah I, I understand what you mean yeah make sure you're doing the right gigs in there <laughs> <laughs> i'll try, man i'm gonna go there i'm gonna work my ass off i'm not, I'm not gonna play <laughs> oh yeah definitely do that there's this and they, they they do they are quite um welcoming to foreigners over there yeah i love that i love that that's that's actually my way in uh because also what i was talking about like if you know your story it works in your favor, man. You need to know who you are and mm. where you stand. Because anything can happen 
people need to know what 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 are you thinking what what's your what, what are your thoughts and that comes from knowing who you are mm. and what and your where you come from from this yeah mm-hmm. and one of the other things that i want to say is like when when you went round to like progressing competitions and you started supporting big name comedians like you supported on you showed recently that you were barry hilton is that right yeah how did that feel when like you started doing competition you started to believe in yourself more and then when you performed with someone who's a big name like barry hilton you were like oh my god i'm just one step away from my dream <laughs> no. <laughs> no but you need to understand uh you need to actually i think differently like when i perform with people like barry hilton i i don't look at him say and say to myself oh yeah i'm about to get there no what, what when I see him perform, I'm like, okay, what can I learn from this man? <laughs> All the time. Even he knows. He knows this. I never look at him like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to get there. No, man. This man has been doing comedy for over 30 years, man. This man is, is, has years and years, you know, uh, of work in him. You know, like the experience is just amazing. So you, you just need to look at it like you're learning from them. Just learn from him. Learn as much as you can. That's the only way you can get to the next level. So it's not about surpassing anybody. It's not about where they are. You have your own space, you know, wherever. You have your own level that you're going to get to. You know, that's just how I look at it. So if you look at it like that, you never... You never compete. Like it's not about oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the best. No, no. It's about are you are you better than you were yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that's a Jordan Peterson quote. Are you a fan yeah, of him? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Actually, no. I don't know. I just say that. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's definitely uh, that's what they say, isn't it? You're the average of the five people you hang out with. And if you're always hanging around with people that aren't where you want to be or where you're currently at, how are you going to go forward? Because you you can't possibly, yeah, how are you going to go forward? Yeah, you need to see, you need to see what you, where you need to go. You need to say, oh, this man is doing what I I want to do. How can I learn from him? That's, that's it, you know. So if you hang around with people that are, that are just, you know, that are not taking it seriously, you know, people that are slicking around, you're going to slick around too. You're going to still, you're going to do the same thing that they're doing. And you, they, they say if you're if you're four millionaires and you hang out with them, you'll become the fifth. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. But if you're if you're hanging around with four homeless people, you'll be the fifth because <laughs> yeah, they'll rob you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, man. It was was there anything that sort of shaped you when you're younger, like that always made you you, you the comedian you are now? Were you always yeah, the class clown? Yeah, I, I I had to be the class clown because I was not good in school, man. I was terrible. Uh, it was like it's crazy, man. I was I was bad in school, so the only the only reason why I I got up in the morning to go to school was because I just wanted to make people my class laugh. <laughs> That's it. And yeah, so I, in the village, you need to understand that our schools were not that you know, fancy, you know, and if so, there's no such thing, there's no such thing as learning disabilities. They, they don't believe in that. It's either you're smart or you're dumb. And they'll tell you, you are <laughs> dumb. <laughs> no sugar coating. 
no sugar coating. My 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 teacher came to me and I was young. She, she said in, in our language, she said uridofo, which means you are dumb, like stupid. What, <laughs> in my what face. Did you say back? <laughs> what, what can you say? I was young, I didn't know what to say. <sighs> but so so that stuck with me, like I'm dumb. So obviously, when you hear that. Yeah, you're gonna be dumb because <laughs> that's what they told you. That's what your teachers told you. Yeah, you believe it. I'm dumb, so I gave up, right? But the thing is, now I discovered comedy, you know, and then from there I just took it over. I was the class clown, even at school assemblies. I was doing stuff. Uh, the principal would call me on on the on the thing <laughs> in front of all the students, and I'll do crazy things. Our impersonate teachers, everybody will laugh. That's how I actually started making people laugh. And my even my parents knew that, yeah, he's gonna be an actor or something. And then as soon as I told them I'm becoming a comedian, boom, they were like, we knew it. You know, so this, is, away. so this is this is actually the reason why I kept on coming back to that stage where I got bored because I loved it so much, you know. So I kept on coming back. You gotta love this thing, man. You gotta love this thing. And was there Batman moment or Superman moment or Spider-Man moment where, you know, he got bit by the spider, he became Spider-Man. What was the moment that made you become a comedian? Like you saw someone bomb on stage or? You mean, you mean, you mean the day I made someone laugh? Because I have two moments. I have two moments where I discovered comedy on TV, right? Where I was like, wow, I would like to do that, right? And I had a moment where I watched Dave Chappelle for the first time. That is the, like, that, that is a special, it's uh, killing them softly. I watched that special, and that is the day I wrote my first funny joke. Like, first ever joke that made people laugh. And I was like, okay. You know, so I think that's my Spider-Man moment. <laughs> when I watched, when I watched Killing Them Softly, I was like, yo, so this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And then I went on stage and I did the way he was doing it. And I, people actually loved it. And I was like, yeah, I think I got it. That was my Spider-Man moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> Has there been a moment? <laughs> what was the worst? Um, what's been the... What's been the biggest what the fuck moment in comedy? <laughs> no, a lot actually. No, like like I'm not even right now. I don't even know what to tell you. There's a lot of what the fuck moments, man. Like from from promoters to 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 the audiences to it's crazy, man. Okay, promoters here in Africa they have a thing where they they pay you with exposure. <laughs> you know what exposure is? Exactly. They pay you with exposure. It's a thing. Like if you're starting out, you need to be paid with exposure, man. Oh yeah. No, this this is what the fuck moment that I always tell. Yeah. So you know corporate events, right? Like corporate functions where you perform for like big companies. So there's this company that was big in, in South Africa. I was booked to perform in this company, right? So you know corporate events. They do comedy shows where it's structured, where there's 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 a host. And then they introduce you, you know, nicely. And then the audience is ready to laugh. It's completely like weird, like it's weird. So I was supposed to be introduced by the managing director of the, of the whole company, right? So the, this guy goes on stage and is like, ladies and gentlemen, eh, 
you know we love you you are you are workers and we love you everyone and uh, so before i introduce your first act here i just want to let you know that uh, this branch is suspended uh, with immediate effect but to lighten up the mood we have a comedian to make you laugh so now i'm performing in front of people that were fired man like they just got the news that they don't, they don't have a job anymore <laughs> I go on stage, nobody's laughing. No one. People are just looking at each other like, wait, what? You just got fired? And I'm just there. I was the only one with a job in that room at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> How did they respond afterwards? No, nobody cared. Like, I was doing jokes. People were walking out like, what's going on? They were talking. And I was, I was performing because, you know, the corporate events, they pay you, you know, before. So, well... I, already, I, I was already paid, so I was fine. I was fine. Mm. It's, <laughs> it's was like... A what, the <laughs> it was a, what the fuck moment, man. Yo, no, we go through stuff like this, man. Like, sometimes you perform in front of gangsters. Sometimes you perform in front of... Uh, I've performed in a strip club before. Uh, That's crazy. Like a underground strip club. Now, I'm not talking about the premium strip, strip club where, you know, you have your, you know... You're nice, you know, clean ladies. And no, I'm talking about a strip club where a stripper dances with a baby. Like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, perform there where guys are just looking at me with boners. They're like, where are the strippers? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe they're like that over you. <laughs> But you never know. You actually never know. <laughs> yeah. Did one of them chat to you afterwards? <laughs> Remove your clothes. <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm telling jokes. <laughs> yeah. no, it's crazy, man. No, no. So, Zimbabwe, I'm sorry, African comedy, the industry in Africa is very weird, man. You, you really need to know <laughs> yourself <laughs> where you stand <laughs> or they'll exploit you. <laughs> oh yeah i mean they do it here as well in america yeah. i think is just as bad as anywhere with the exploitation yeah. no definitely definitely which is why i think right now i'm ready for america and every other country because at least i've i've, I've experienced from where i come from you know and i'm not just starting out that side so yeah they i know my, my space <laughs> yeah if, if anyone in america goes hey bye you better give me your money or i'm gonna you make me laugh. You're like, no, nah, man, I've been to South Africa. <laughs> I'm going to mug you. <laughs> I'll, I'll mug, they should be scared of me. I'll mug people while I'm performing. <laughs> <laughs> that that's, could be a good warning for anyone that heckles you at the beginning of the show. Listen, don't try and heckle me because this is what will happen. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that'd be funny to see in like a like an American university or something. You know, <laughs> they got a Harvard degree. You, but you say I got a Harvard degree in mugging. A <laughs> Harvard degree in mugging. And I, I'm doing I'm doing a PhD in mugging. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a bit, but I mean there is a lot of wokeness now in comedy, and that's like another no, yeah. Yeah. barrier no, no, to but... get through. No, but this is the best time to do comedy, actually. Don't, you need to understand that comedy works that way. If something is off limits, then it's 
it's that's the thing that you can actually talk about that's the thing because you are you are the voice you know you're saying you're talking about things that people cannot talk about so you're saying you gotta be like the bad boy that woman go like flies around shit over with the audience you gotta mm-hmm. be the thing that they can't have but they want exactly so so just because it's 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 illegal even in zim right just because it's illegal to talk about the president and the elections and stuff like that it actually makes it you know way funnier and you know to talk about that you know this is why dev chapel gets you know cuz dev chapel is at a point where he knows himself like the thing that i always that i'm always saying he knows himself he knows his voice so when you know yourself you can talk about anything you can talk about your opinion in in anything around you you know so yeah this is the best time to actually do comedy when things are sensitive <laughs> to challenge the boundaries challenge now, the boundaries <laughs> it's been it's been great to have you on the podcast hope you've had yeah, fun no this is this is fun actually i didn't want to go but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but what one of the things is um yeah i'm actually on my way to a gig at the moment i'm going to oh, go wow. and try finding it too i'm looking at the time i'm like okay yeah <laughs> it's it's what's it called I've, i'm trying to work over a new venue in london so mm. i'm going to have a chat with them and put on a new show oh, that's dope. no that's dope I, hopefully when i come through to uk i'm going to work with you man that would be so nice yeah, be awesome. I'll I'll fi- I'll fix you up with a few of the pro comedians here, and they can maybe awesome. suggest a few things. That sounds great, man. Awesome. <laughs> but for everyone that wants to find out about you and about what you do, get in contact. How do they do it? Well, you can find me on Pornhub. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just being honest. Anyway, um, you can find me. <laughs> you can find me on my website. I'm like a website, uh, longjohn longjohncomedy.com. Uh, everything is there my facebook everything it's kind of like you know one if you get my website you find everything you know yeah okay so everyone follow john on on long john's website all right yeah longjohncomedy.com yeah uh well let, what, what i'm interested to see what you think of the episode when i upload it and yeah no i'm, I'm very curious you have no idea i'm like okay what is he gonna do with this <laughs> I'm going to put it on Pornhub. Oh, yeah. That's exactly. I'm going to bump into it then. Yeah, definitely. X and X first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been, I'll see you, see you soon. Um, yeah. yeah let's see what happens. Thank you so much, man.